Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Morning, beloved family. How are you? It is so, so good to be with you. I think I just, James, are we still on? Hello, well, James. we lost your video, Mother, we, but we can we, hear you loud and clear oh, on the air. Wow, 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 dear ones. Let me let me try to connect. I know you can hear me, but I think I just clicked the wrong thing. Let me see if I can get us back. Did that get us back? We got it. Okay, good. We got it. Yeah, I apologize. Um, it's so good to be with you. And you know, I've been um, um, made aware of a, of a bit of an urgent situation Um that the Republican Party is um, betraying Christians and out set out to destroy the traditional family. The Republican Party, we know this of the Democrat Party. This is not a political program, but you know politics was established in this country to protect the family. The government was established to protect the family. We can't, we cannot not mix religion and politics. They go together. That's why they were formed. The government was formed to protect God's institution of the family. And we must put those in office who will uphold the family that God created, who will live out their vocation, their calling of being elected officials. Um, They have turned against the family. They have turned against God. They have turned against their own uh, constitution. Um, this is an article uh, from July. I, I could read a more recent one. Let me just see for a moment. Um, uh, LifeSite News, um, they're just right on top of everything. Um, I don't know where I put that article. Um, here it is. Hold on. All right. They are launching a campaign. Um, this is very, very urgent. Um, to tell Republican senators, senators to oppose Democrats' radical same-sex marriage bill, which is a, about to be passed. A radical same-sex marriage bill that is being voted for by five Republican um, senators. LifeSite has launched a new petition urging Republicans to reject the Respect for Marriage Act. You notice how they... Um, Um, cloud all these issues in nice words, respect for marriage. It is not respect for marriage. Marriage is the murder of marriage. It's the destruction of marriage. It is the utter irrespect for marriage. A bill described by Bishop Strickland as a blatant denial of God's plan for humanity. I don't think anyone could say that in better terms than Bishop Strickland has. A blatant denial of of God's plan for humanity. With the Senate on the verge of passing the Democrats' radical so-called Respect for Marriage Act and codifying homosexual marriage, marriage in quotes, there's no such thing as homosexual marriage. There's no such thing. Marriage is God's design, not man's. And it is one man and one woman. 
End of story. Beginning and end. It is the beginning of our story. It's the beginning of creation. It's the beginning of our humanity, of history. And so the devil, right from the Garden of Eden, has wanted to destroy it. And he doesn't stop. He doesn't tire. His minions do not tire. And so... um, Let's see now. LifeSite has launched a new petition urging Republican senators to oppose the bill and protect natural marriage and the constitutional freedom of individual states. The so-called Respect for Marriage Act, RFMA, Respect for Marriage Act, would enshrine same-sex marriage. There is no such thing. Same-sex marriage into federal law override duly enacted laws and constitutional amendments in 35 states require the federal government to recognize polygamous marriages or any other redefinitions of marriage if a state approves them and open the door to drastic attacks on religious freedom. Um, Back in July... um, a life site had an article that says the Republican Party is about to betray Christians and destroy the traditional family. Five Republican senators have already suggested they will support Democrats' radical new same-sex marriage and polygamy bill. What evil has overtaken the hearts of men? What evil it is one, LifeSite News uh, says, it is one of the worst betrayals conservatives have ever suffered at the hands of the Republican Party. In July, the House passed the so-called Respect for Marriage Act with a stunning 47 Republican votes and the blessing of GOP House leaders. This is, this is stunning. Stunning. An utter betrayal. Satan's taken over the Republican Party. There's no issue. There's no... A corner in which he doesn't have his tentacles. And the bill is now rapidly gaining traction with Republicans in the Senate, shocking even Democrats and the liberal media. They didn't expect this from Republicans. The Respect for Marriage Act, it's such a lie. It's, when, you, when you look, respect for marriage, who wouldn't want respect for marriage? But they've thrown everything in there that is not marriage, that is absolutely sinful. Hell will be filled with people who have voted for the Respect for Marriage Act and who live its uh, um, freedoms, so to speak. We don't have freedom to do what we want, beloved. We have freedom. Our only freedom is from God, and it's to do what is right, not what we want, but what is right. What parent would have a child or children, little ones, and let them do what they want? They'd be dead. The parent can't let children do what they want. They're not formed. Their conscience is not formed. They need to do what is, they need to be taught to do what is right because they're born into original sin. And even if baptized, they have concupiscence. The so-called Respect for Marriage Act would enshrine same-sex marriage, quote-unquote marriage, into federal law, override duly enacted laws and constitutional amendments in 35 states, require the federal government to recognize polygamy or any other redefinition of marriage that a state may come up with and open the door to a wide range of new threats to religious freedom. You know, when I I think of the words respect for marriage, it is so evil. It is so deceitful. It is what, if we 
if we use language properly, it would be okay. Marriage has a definition, one man, one woman. There's no other definition. And respect for that, yes. But to um, uh, use such devious language, respect for marriage when they don't mean marriage at all, um, to talk about love between two men uh, as from God, it's worthy of death. It's homosexuality, which God has condemned, or between two women, which God has condemned. We shouldn't say abortion. We should say the murder of children. We should call things what they are. This bill, largely intended as a Democrat messaging stunt before the midterms, listen to this, the bill was largely intended as a Democratic messaging stunt before midterms. It's nothing less than a declaration of war on the family and Christians and a gift to the radical LGBT movement and Democrats' far-left base. Conservatives could naturally expect that the representatives they elected to defend their values against just this kind of attack would reject the woke Respect for Marriage Act out of hand. But as of, well, this is a Monday in July, Five Republican senators, and we're going to name them, Senators Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Rob Portman of Ohio, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, and Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, have indicated that they will support the bill when it comes before the Senate, already giving Democrats half the GOP votes they need to get it to Joe Biden's desk and hand him his first major legislative victory on LGBT issues. And Republican Senate leaders have made clear that they currently have no plans to oppose the bill. To remain silent, dear senators, is equally evil. To vote for it is evil. To remain silent is evil because it's a vote for evil if you remain silent. Senate Majority Leader um, Mitch McConnell said, I'm going to delay announcing anything on that issue until we see what the majority leader wants to put on the floor. Senator John Thune, the Republican Senate whip, added that he would not be surprised if the bill gets significant bipartisan support in the Senate and later said that the Republican leadership probably won't urge members to vote against it. My guess is on something like that, it's probably a vote of conscience. Well, it shouldn't be a vote of, it should be a vote of conscience. Every conscience should honor God. It's made to honor God. But you vote for what's right. You vote for what's, your conscience may want what's wrong, but you vote for what's right. Senator Roy Blunt, chairman of the Senate Republican Policy Committee, said that he may even be a yes vote. He said, I don't have any problem with same-sex marriage. He would look at the bill. I tell you, all of you Republicans, all of you who have um, uh, allied yourself with a party that believes in God and the Constitution, you have betrayed your people and you have turned from God and your eternity is at stake. There is a first break. The music for our first break, dear ones, feel free to call in at any time during the rest of this program, toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. 
We are helping to bring the Catholic community together through our Catholic Community Events page. You can discover the details about a community calendar event that you've heard on the air. Just click on the events tab at thestationofthecross.com and find your local station. If your parish or Catholic organization has an upcoming event and you'd like to get the word out, you can submit it for consideration under the events tab as well at thestationofthecross.com. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. And by far the most transforming aspect of this experience was simply coming into the direct knowledge that God himself not only knew me by name, but had been paying attention to me as though I were the only creature he had ever created. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we are um, have been talking about the Republican Party that has betrayed Christians, um, is seeking to destroy the traditional family, um, betrayed their calling, betrayed God, and it's it's time for us to act quite quickly. Um, and you can go to LifeSite News and their um, um, oh my goodness uh, their petition. Uh, just click on that. Um, to stop the Republican senators to urge them to not support this same-sex marriage and polygamy bill. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's a subheading here in the LifeSite article, Republicans sacrifice Christians to the LGBT mob. Many of the same Republicans who immediately surrendered on the Respect for Marriage Act, which is evil, previously had no problem running on Christian values when it boosted their political careers. Thune, for example, made opposition to same-sex marriage a central plank of his successful bid to oust Democratic Senator Tom Daschle, warning at the time that the institution of marriage is under attack from extremist groups. Now he's joined them. And you recall, dear ones, that Our Lady... Um, Fatima said that the final battle will be for marriage and the family, and it is. But it is God's people who are 
betraying him. Homosexuality remains impossibly, I'm reading from the article, at odds, impossibly at odds with Christianity. You can call yourself a Christian and a homosexual, but you are not a practicing Christian and you are not on your way to heaven. Homosexuals will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus himself defines marriage precisely as between one man and one woman for life. For Catholics, church teaching on homosexuality is unchanged and unchangeable, declaring sodomy gravely contrary to chastity and contrary to the natural law, as it has for millennia. Um, And not only does the Respect for Marriage Act violate fundamental principles of millions of Christians on whom the Republican Party depends, it likely exposes those same Christians, the most reliable Republican voters in the country, to new threats from anti-Christian federal bureaucrats, including lost tax-exempt status for churches that adhere to biblical marriage. We can go on and on and on and on, beloved, but as has been said, the only thing for evil to prevail is for good men to remain silent. And so um, we must um, tell Republican senators to oppose the Democrats' radical same-sex marriage bill. Go to lifesitenews.com. I'm looking for a... um, You can click anywhere. It's a blatant, uh, Bishop Strickland had the best statement. He said, um, uh, it it places us in great peril, um, and it is um, a blatant denial of God's plan for humanity. Uh, Bishop is right. Um, Right. Let's see, all who love God, the Bishop Strickland texted last month, all who love God and seek to live his commandments must go on record opposing this travesty and denial of God's law. Oh, James, um, we're going to go to emails. Do we have anyone waiting on the line? We do. We have Kurt from Boston, Massachusetts. Would you like to go to the phone lines first today? Yes, let's do that. Hi, Kurt. Okay, welcome, Kurt. How are you? How are you today? Good, good, Mother Miriam. How are you? How are you doing, Jim? I would like to say, okay, the church is the light. The world's getting dark. The problem is they're not putting the batteries in the flashlight. These cardinals got to start shining, and these bishops got to start shining, and all these priests and these homilies have got to start shining. I mean, they tell the lady to do their part. I'll give a, I'll give a small example with this men's march coming up in Boston. Okay, I was with Jim Havens talking to him, and he's talking about a letter that Cardinal O'Malley said you should not attend. So most people aren't going to attend. Why? So, and well, but anyway, what I'll why to why say did is, Cardinal that, O'Malley say that, Kurt? Do you know what Jim Jim Havens said? He didn't say he could not. He said he should not. But the what? idea is, I would ask know. Cardinal O'Malley why. Okay, Has anyone why? asked because him why? This is, I, it didn't, but I, you know, they usually give you the same runaround dribble, which basically sounds good, but what it does is it, it, it neuters the church. What but is what the runaround dribble, Kurt? What, what reason could a cardinal or bishop or priest or any Catholic give for not attending the men's march? Because this is what they said. They said the only thing that you can go towards on pro-life is the annual march to Washington, D.C. That's the only one you can promote, which is ridiculous. But what I'm getting at is 
most faithful today have such a watered-down faith that they say, all I got to do is believe what the cardinal and the bishops say. No, yeah, we know it, Kurt. The faith and morals, yes. We know, sweetheart, we know. Talking to everybody that I can about this. Yeah, and you need to. And I talked to a head at the church, at my church, one of the churches that I go to, he says, look, Kurt, I can't do it. Now, I got up at the men's group and said, look, we have an obligation to defend the most defenseless. That's now, this right. is the unborn. Yeah. I said, we need to be down there in vast numbers, okay? And he says, well, Kurt, you know, they're telling me I can't promote it. I said, that's ridiculous. Uh, so anyway, I'm getting brochures made up. All kinds of things. And now with Joe Biden coming to Boston, he's telling that he's got a cure for cancer with this mRNA vaccine. Look, this is the culture of death. They want to the kill only as reason, many people as they can. Kurt, Kurt, the only reason this new vaccine is a cure for cancer is that it will kill people and they'll no longer have cancer. That's, That's right. right. I know, Kurt. I, 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 we have to go on totally. to our emails, dear brother. I love your heart. I love your fight. Print millions of those brochures and give them out and never stop the good fight. Never stop fighting, Kurt. We love you. God bless you, my brother. Thanks for your call. And I know you can go on an hour and every word you say is is wonderful and my hearts agree. Um, James, I think we need to take this email from Kelly. Um, She's been waiting a while. Sure, let's go ahead with that. So Kelly says, Mother Miriam, I hope this email finds you well. I'm a Catholic woman born and raised in the faith and have been married for 21 years. My husband and I have 10 children, seven living, and three whom we lost to miscarriage. My husband listens to your show and encourages me to listen as well. He talks to me about what he's learned from your show regarding the role of a mother and wife. All good and moral advice, which is very much appreciated. I'm needing your help and advice regarding my role as a mother and wife. My husband is frequently upset with me about not doing as he wants me to do. Some examples would be the way I fold laundry, or not calling him to consult with him before taking our children to go do something, such as taking a trip to our local zoo while he is at work. He gets very angry at times, yelling at me at the top of his lungs and saying things like, quote, you are brain dead, or telling me I am a heathen and that I am a horrible mother and a horrible wife. If I try to stand up for myself, his anger escalates and he will become violent. He's thrown a glass in our kitchen sink and shattered it. He has thrown a plate across the room. He has pushed me, thrown his work boots at me, hit a cup of orange juice that splattered all over me, punched holes in the wall, and punched me in my butt, causing a bruise, just to mention a few. He says if I would just do what he says, I wouldn't have any of these problems. My husband does not show this type of behavior toward our children. He's a good father who works very hard to take care of his family. He also is not this way towards me all of the time. He can also be kind and loving at times as well, which causes me to be confused about what I should do when he shows his anger again. I find myself thinking, quote, if I can just get through this, it will get better. It is a never-ending cycle. Mother, I want to be a good wife. I've spent the last 20 years trying to do things that my husband asked me to do. I quit my job early on in our marriage and stayed home with our children. I have homeschooled some of our children on and off throughout the years, but it doesn't matter what I do, it seems like it is not good enough for him. Now that our youngest is in school, I've returned to work. However, most of my work can be done at home. I returned to work because of his escalating behavior and my fear that I will have to be able to support myself one day. There have been times that he will not go up to church and tells me, you will go up there and won't question anything those men say, but you question everything your husband says. 
He accuses me of wanting to go to Mass to flaunt our children around and hear people say how cute they are. I'm reaching out to you because I'm hopeful that my husband might listen to your advice. He refuses any type of counseling because he doesn't think there's anything wrong with him. I don't want a broken family and I want to honor our Heavenly Father, but I can't keep living like this. And that's the conclusion of the email. Oh my goodness, Kelly. You are in a truly awful situation. Kelly, uh, if your husband is listening, because he's encouraged you to listen, says he listens, I don't know his name, but I will say to your husband, you have absolutely no right to do what you're doing. You have no right to belittle your wife, to tell her she's brain dead or anything else. You have no right. Especially if the children never hear you, you have sinned seriously against God. You have no right to treat her that way. You do have a problem. You have an emotional, psychological anger problem. And it's out of control. And as moral as you think you may be, as intelligent as you believe you may be, as right as you believe you may be, you need help. You need psychological help. You must not act this way in the home. If I were there and I saw one act of violence that you have, that Kelly has described, I would call the police and have them take you out of that home. Your wife and your children, your family do not have to live under your tyranny. It is awful. You are not right. No wife should have to be told how to fold laundry by her husband, whether you like the way she folds or not. No wife should have to report to her husband that she's taking her children to the zoo. She can tell you all about it when you come home from work. What a wonderful time they had. That's very good. But she doesn't need your permission. You are to be priest of the family, to lay down your life for your wife as Christ laid down his life for the church. That is the love that God intends a woman to submit to. Not a man who will lord it over her and terrorize her and order her around and belittle her and put her down and harm her and cause her to live in fear, but a man who will lay down his life for his wife as Christ laid down his life for the church. That is the love God wants a woman to submit to. And that is the love any woman can submit to. If she submits to you in fear, you're not doing your job. You're not priest of that home. You have a very serious problem. Kelly, if your husband's not listening to this program, you listen to it and get him on the podcast. Um, One act of violence and you should call the police. You need to let him know this cannot go on anymore. You've been a doormat, a dish rag, a victim all this time. And it must not continue. The problem is not yours. The problem is your husband's. And it must not be allowed to continue, Kelly. I know you don't want to break up your marriage, but you cannot raise children in fear. And they will have a horrible image of marriage. The greatest gift a father can give his children is to love their mother. We'll be right back after the break.
This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 13th. Today, we celebrate St. John Chrysostom. Born in Antioch, John Chrysostom was ordained at 21 and distinguished himself as an outstanding preacher and a devoted servant of the poor. Moving to the great city of Constantinople, he was made a bishop where he began his service under the cloud of politics. The Bishop of Alexandria wanted his own candidate in charge of Constantinople, and fearing John's power, took steps to discredit the new bishop. Often aloof, outspoken, and zealous, John Chrysostom took few steps to help his own cause. His sermons, sometimes lasting up to two hours, often stung the high and mighty. He consistently called for concrete steps to share wealth with the poor. The empress took offense at his denunciations of the court, and along with Alexandria's bishop sought his banishment. Charges were leveled against John, including that of treason for a sermon that linked the empress with the lurid Jezebel. After several years in exile, St. John Chrysostom died in the year 407. His final words were, Glory to God for all things. A doctor of the church, he is also the patron saint of preachers. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and you're welcome to call in with whatever is on your heart. Toll free, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Just before the break, um, uh, James read a, a long and um, just extremely sad email from Kelly on the situation with her family. You don't want a broken family, Kelly, but you have one, and. Um, I'm going to suggest that if your husband um, is not open to what I've said, it's very strong, uh, he needs to leave your house if he commits one act of violence. Tell him to leave the house, run around the block, run three miles, and come home when he can settle down. He has no right um, to treat you the way he's treating you, and he is ruining his children by treating you the way he does in front of them and causing fear. You say he's a good father. He's not. The, the statement that I made prior to the break is from Archbishop Chapu, who said, I'll say it again, the greatest gift 
a father can give his children is to love their mother. He's not loving you. He seems to love you and be kind when it's convenient for him, when he can be in a right mood. He is not loving you. He is not leading the family. He is not laying his life down. He's causing harm and destruction and tremendous distortion of what a father should be. Um, If he does not... um, get help or believe this or reform, I would go to your priest, Kelly, a good, holy, strong priest, and discuss this with him, and hopefully let the priest meet with your husband. Not the two of you, but with your husband, to help him to be a man. Not a dictator who wants life his way. Not a controller, but a man, a husband and a father. And the priest of his family, no priest would behave as he does. Um, Go ahead, dear James. Um, Okay, so our next email is from Caitlin, and Caitlin says, Hello, Mother. I'm struggling with defeat and hopelessness in the aftermath of our local bishop canceling our Latin Mass. It's so heartbreaking, and as a mother of three small children, I have to ensure I'm doing the best that I can for their souls. The closest Latin Mass is now three hours away. Yipes. I've been looking into the Society of Pius X. With them not being said of a cantus and not heretical, is it bad to have the desire to try and bring a Pius X chapel to my area? Thank you, Caitlin. And she puts in parentheses a desperate mother trying to save the souls of her family. Well, every mother should be desperate trying to save the souls of her family, Caitlin. God bless you. You know, you're saying they're not said of a cantus. I don't believe they are, because they don't believe the seat is empty. That's what set of vacantus means, set a seat vacantus vacant. They believe that Pope Francis is the Pope, so they're not set of vacantus. But the issue of their being in schism is not settled in the church, as far as I've looked up everywhere. I know this breaks the heart of SSPX people. I've met them. I love them. But... Um, I cannot tell you they're not in schism, nor can I tell you to go to SSPX. Um, However, the church allows you to if uh, there's not another mass nearby. And I would say if the only mass is Novus Ordo and it's not reverent, uh, I think the church would be fine with you going to the SSPX. I believe that. Um, What I, you know, most... um, I don't know what diocese you're in, but most dioceses at least have one Latin Mass, if not a Latin parish. Pope Francis wants the Latin Masses outside of the parish somewhere. So take a look in your diocese to see if, according to Traditionis Custodis, which is uh, horrible, but still gives permission for the Latin Mass to be wherever the bishop wants it. So find out if um, if there is some venue where the Latin Mass has been allowed, and go to that. And if not, talk to the Latin Mass of your parish that has been shut down and ask him if there are plans. I'm going to say this, beloved. The church will be underground, and it, it's it's starting. And I think we need to realize that. And if we need to go underground to have a reverent Mass and honor our Lord, we need to do it. Uh, Pope uh, Benedict 
while he was uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, predicted that the church would go underground in our generation. Um, I think I think our Holy Father is forcing that right now, and the bishops and the cardinals who are just lost their faith, um, and so um, and are perpetrating evil. So I would say, um, do whatever you can to find out if there has been provision for a Latin Mass in the diocese. There are a number of Latin priests who will pray private masses that you might be able to be a part of. Um, I don't want to um, spread disobedience, but you will never be disobedient going to the Holy Mass. And no priest has a right to stop it. They can stop it. They can um, um, exercise power that they do not have. Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke said himself that no priest, no bishop, no one had the right to shut down masses during COVID. No right to shut down the sacraments. It is not a man-made church. It is not a man-made mass. It is God's mass. And it is God who gave the mass. It is God who said that we must attend on Sundays. And no priest or bishop, no matter the plague, if it is a plague, can shut it down or can stop it. No one. And so they do it, but we don't have to obey what is not right. And so I would say to you, Caitlin, and others who are suffering, I'm not encouraging disobedience. I'm encouraging obedience to God, obedience to his church. And if we need to go underground like uh, the people in China and other places in suffering and persecuted um, countries have done for years, we will go underground. We will meet in a park. We will do what is necessary. But we will do what is right. Cardinal Wilton Gregory has forbid his priests to uh, refuse Holy Communion to President Biden, who's in mortal sin, who's excommunicated himself from the church. He has refused to allow, he has not allowed his priests, how do I say this, to refuse Biden communion. His priests must give Holy Communion to Biden. Now, the priests at their ordination swore uh, obedience to the bishop. But obedience to God first. Always to God first. The bishop is a success of the apostles. And the apostle Paul said, you follow me as I follow Christ. End of story. When I stop following Christ, you stop following me. You do not choose me over obedience to God. And Bishop Gregory, Cardinal Gregory, you have instructed your priest to sin, to disrespect the Holy Eucharist by giving the Holy Eucharist to a so-called Catholic who does not live the Catholic faith, who is a murderer of millions of children, who is doing everything to get the entire world now to accept LGBT, homosexual, so-called unions or marriage, which God has condemned and for which Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And all through the New Testament, there is no homosexual that will enter the kingdom of heaven. It is, the, the society is being run by Satan. And apparently, so is the church in many cases. But at its helm and in its essence and at its core is our Lord Jesus Christ. He will not forsake his people. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. 
and the church will be brought into all truth till the end of time. Truth is Christ himself. It does not change. So, Caitlin, talk to the Latin priests. Find out if there's any provision in your diocese whatsoever to go to a Latin mass. And if not, find out every priest you can, including SSPX, and do what you can to get to that mass. And next we have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Dear Mother, what does the Catholic Church say about physically defending oneself in the face of tyranny? For example, if the government tries to take us away to camps for not following orders, what force can a Christian use to righteously defend against evil? What do Jesus, the Bible, and or the Catholic Church say about this? Jesus, the Bible, and the Catholic Church say the same thing. You defend your family at any cost. At any cost. You do not obey evil orders. You do not obey evil orders. Uh, You say, if the government tries to take us away to camps, they've already done it. They've already taken children out of homes and to camps. They've already done it. You defend your family at any cost. I'm not a promoter of guns. I can't imagine ever holding a gun. I'm not going to hold a gun unless I intend to use it, and I can't imagine using it. But as fathers of your family, you need to defend that family, even if it's with a gun. You need to protect your family. And when the government, uh, again, is um, taking away to camps, uh, go do what you can to protect your family at any cost, and don't let let yourself be subject to that. Don't answer the door if you think they're coming to get you. Just don't do it. I don't want you to live in fear. But we need to be smart. We need to protect ourselves against an evil world growing more evil every day. And there's nothing you can't do, Papa, Mama, to protect your children. Nothing you can't do while it's still time. If they come and arrest you and take you away and take your children from you, you're, you're... you're at a loss. You're powerless. Do whatever you can to prepare for that time. Whatever you can to prepare for that time. And don't let your children be taken from you. And there's nothing you can't do. Nothing. Okay, next we have a text from Maria. And Maria says, the USCCB initiated a Eucharistic revival recently. How are they going to bring importance and reverence to Holy Eucharist when they themselves have allowed for it to be disrespected by allowing the lay people to touch it? Thank you, Maria. You're right, Maria. I have no clue. I have no clue. They came out with this Eucharistic revival, so-called, plans for it. At the same time, they voted to give President Biden communion. You cannot have a Eucharistic revival and give Holy Communion to um, dissenters of the faith. The Apostle Paul says, if we eat and drink unworthily, we eat and drink condemnation to ourselves. So how can the USCCB care about souls when they are allowing Biden to drink condemnation to himself? And give that as an example. What kind of Eucharistic revival is that? It's a revival to destroy the Eucharist to destroy souls, to destroy the Catholic Church, until they come out and say that no one is to give communion to President Biden, to Nancy Pelosi, to any public sinner, 
who calls themselves Catholic, until they do that, I will not follow anything they say. Again, I'm not promoting disobedience. You cannot obey sinful prelates. You cannot obey shepherds that lead the sheep into sin. You cannot, and we have no obligation to obey them. And we have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, is it okay to attend a non-Catholic service at a Protestant Bible Chapel church in addition to attending Sunday Mass? Thanks and God bless. Okay, there's the music for our Blake dear, break, dear one. Absolutely not. Why would you want to attend a non-Catholic service at a Protestant Bible Chapel? Why would you want to? Don't do it. Unless you know your faith really well and won't be taken in by them, because the differences are not simply doctrinal, it's a way of seeing. Why would you do it if you're Catholic? Form a Catholic Bible study. Um, you can do it, but I'm, gonna, I'm telling you, you will be drawn away from the faith. I've seen it over and over and over again. Don't do it. Be strong. Be Catholic. And if you're going there, uh, you need to defend every single word that's said if it's not Catholic. Beloved, there's the music for our break, and we will um, be right back after the break. A prayer to the Sacred Heart that St. Gertrude the Great wrote, I salute thee, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is inflamed. Pour into my heart the great graces of which thine is the source, and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine, that thy will may be mine, and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine, since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's heart, sufficient enough to warrant heaven upon death? No, it sure is not. You see, the 21st century evangelical says, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans. And when followed, heaven's promised. That, my friends, is presumptuous. This concept dumbs down the holy value of salvation. So here's your toolbox for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Gospels, nor the Epistles, nor the Apostolic and Early Church Fathers ever wrote anything like this mechanical approach to obtaining heaven. Number two, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey, I'm sorry, honey, bring you back into the family? No. Thirdly, the Catholic Church teaches water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. This is Steve Gleason with Catholic Questions Live. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she, and I am live, blessed be God. And we have 10 minutes left to this segment, and that's still time, if you wish, to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. How are we doing, James? Uh, we have Dee from Rochester, New York, holding on the phone line. Welcome to the show, Dee, and good morning. How are you? Good morning. Hi, Dee. Hi, sister and mother. Mother, um, I was listening to um, Drive Time on uh, on the um, station across this morning, Good. and there was a news person uh, giving information about uh, what's going on at the border. So I'd like to ask for prayers for our border, and even if we could uh, get a lawsuit uh, against the administration to follow the law and protect our border. It sounds like there's that the cartels are really setting up almost like battlegrounds on the Mexican side, and and um, it, and and the trafficking is terrible. So, yeah. if we could pray for that, I'd and do something about. It well, D, if you want to start a lawsuit, go ahead. They probably have some that they're dealing with. Uh, I I just think this is um, planned. I don't think that's out of control by. I think it's out of control by design. I do. It's been too long. Nothing's been done except to extenuate the circumstance. And um, I think it's planned destruction by our government. That's what I think. So, yes, pray for them. Yes, you can sue them. I, you know, I, I, all that may do is hold back the, the spread of the evil a little bit, or the rate of which it's spread. Lives are being destroyed. Families are being destroyed. The young people, young girls being destroyed. I think it's planned evil. It's just planned evil. There's no reason why this should have uh, happened like this. Um, I, 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 everything that happens is, um, it just seems a um, one world evil plan to destroy the world, to destroy people, destroy the family, destroy the planet. I don't care about the planet's not the issue, but it's all destruction. And it's not because of poor management. That would be ridiculous. Um, I just think it's planned. Um, so, D, we do need to pray. We need to pray for the lives and the souls of those families and especially those children. Oh, I appreciate yes. it. Yeah, absolutely, yes. D. Yeah. God yeah. bless you. God bless you. Sir. All right. Thank you, sweetheart. And next we have a text from Elizabeth. And Elizabeth says, Dear Mother, I need your advice. About a year ago, I quit visiting my son's house because the woman he and his wife are housing got a snake. There were many things that I was not comfortable with before this happened, and this was the last thing. I love my son and daughter-in-law. I love the babies that this woman has, but I cannot deal with this. Am I wrong for doing this? Thank you, Mother Miriam. Well, Elizabeth, you're not wrong if you're afraid of a snake and can't deal with a snake. That's just the reality. You're not wrong for not being able to deal with a snake. Um, is it wrong for someone to have a pet snake? I can't say that it is. Um, I visited a home once uh, where several kind of extended family, they had a 40-foot python, unbelievable. And they let him out to feed him twice a day. Huge thing. I saw him in his glass cage, and um, I don't advise it, but um, I have no problem visiting them. Um, so uh, I don't know what kind of a snake they have or uh, if the snake's allowed to run free and you're afraid of it. 
um, it's not immoral to have a snake. I don't know what age the children. I don't know if it's a problem. I don't know if it's a danger. So I can't answer you, Elizabeth. It's not morally wrong. Um, if you cannot deal with it because you're afraid of the snake, just say to your son, honey, I love you. Um, I, I, I'm just petrified. I can't come into your house with a snake. I'm so sorry. Let's get together outside or you come visit me. Um, I don't know what else to say, Elizabeth. It's again, it's, it's not a moral issue and I don't know what kind of a snake it is or why you may feel it's a danger. It could be a danger. Hopefully it's not a poisonous snake. So maybe you need to give a little more, um, um, uh, information about the snake. Okay, James. Okay, we'll go next to a call from Joan in California. Good morning, Joan, and welcome to Mother Miriam Live. Hi, Joan. Uh, yes, hi, Mother Miriam. Hi, honey. Okay, what is my comment? Well, the Latin Mass. I think the Latin Mass is beautiful. Um, I went to them up until I was like 13, 14 years old. When the new Mass came in, everybody had a heart attack, especially my parents and old people. What are they doing? This is a dreadful thing. And now they're saying, oh, my gosh, the Novus Ordo is a dreadful thing. we got to go back to the Latin Mass. Novus Ordo Masses can be beautiful. The Mass is the Mass. It's not the letter of the law because it's in Latin that makes it beautiful. It's the heart of the law. So I, I worry about the church being divided on an issue that it doesn't need to be divided on. And I think that um, my son is a priest. He said more bishops voted. In the Vatican Council, more bishops attended than any other council. All the bishops voted for it. When my son became a priest, he was... Voted for it, meaning the Novus Ordo? I'm sorry? You mean you say all the bishops voted for it? It was the Novus Ordo? Uh, Voted for what they approved on... I'm not going to say Novus Ordo because I'm not that savvy about it, but I'm saying as far as the council goes and the things that were happening, the bishops voted for the changes. How about that? Okay. And... um. So, and I think a priest, we have to remember, priests are anointed. They have more grace, more anointing by God, a bishop even more, a cardinal even more, the pope even more. And I agree with you, Mother. I agree with you on all those things. I agree 100%. It breaks my heart. All the stuff that's going on, it's dreadful. I'm just saying people need to be prudent and cautious to have fraternal charity and to pray, pray, pray for the church, for the shepherds, and the priests. And maybe that's a better thing to do than um, action at the moment. I mean, I think people have to make sure that what they're doing is the will of God. And the only way we're going to know that is if we pray a lot and fast. Joan, dear, I don't think anyone listening to you would disagree with your heart and your words. If you could make one point of everything you've said, the reason you called in, in one sentence, what would it be? What is your main point in calling in on this? I hear what you say. I'm not negating a thing, but um, I think you're maybe, I don't, I don't know that you're beating around the bush a little bit. Tell me what is your particular point. Okay. Um, Straight out. Come on. I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to put it together here. Okay, so I think that um, the people who at the, the traditional Catholics are going off the deep end. They're How traditional? You're calling traditional Catholics those who like the Latin Mass? No, I'm talking about people who who try to convince everyone else that there is no Mass but the Latin Mass. 
Well, nobody, nobody convinces that. They may prefer it above all else, but no one's saying Novus Ordo is not valid. No one. No, they're not. But they're also saying the only mass that one should go to is the Latin mass. Well, I tell you, sweetheart, um, your words about the letter of the law and the heart of the law, it's a good emotional expression on your part, but it's not an accurate uh, expression uh, reflecting the differences in the Latin and the Novus Ordo Mass and the loss, the great loss that we've had um, in the Mass in the change. Now, I, I grew, I entered the church on Novus Ordo. I didn't discover the Latin Mass till recently, uh, recent years. So be careful, Joan. Um, the people that were heartbroken following Vatican II when all the changes were made, um, um, they're heartbroken for the same reasons now because of the changes that have been made. And so the people that are promoting the Latin Mass and and um, having great difficulty and pain over what goes on in the Novus Ordo, it, it's no different than at Vatican II uh, and, and the grief that went on then, only it's much, much, much worse now. Things have so... I've attended most of my Catholic years a reverent Novus Ordo, but what's going on in many Novus Ordo churches now, Joan, is... Um, beyond anything we ever thought we'd ever see that does not happen with the Latin Mass. My dear sister, God bless you. Um, We'll be seeing you tomorrow, everyone.